Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, your long lost host, Sarah Cohan. It's been so long, almost four months, five months to be exact, since I've um, prepared an episode for y'all. I miss you. I love you. I'm back. I'm here. I have a beautiful sleeping baby on my chest. We ended up having a boy. And um, today's episode is a little departure from the normal conversation. Normally, we're talking about personal and spiritual growth for recovering insecure attachment types. And today, my husband comes on the show and we talk about our birth story and our beautiful boy, Miles. And um, it's pretty gruesome. (laughs) We don't hold back. We go into all the nitty gritty details, um, lots of body fluids, and yeah, it's really funny. (laughs) We had an amazing birth, and I'm really excited to share the story with all of you because it was in a hospital, and I haven't heard that many amazing birth stories that happened in a hospital. So I want this to be uh, for those of you that are thinking about getting pregnant or are already pregnant right now. I want this to be like a wonderful vision holding for you for what it is possible in a hospital um, with a lot of groundwork and a lot of prep. Um, Or maybe even you don't have to do a lot of prep. You know what? That's a belief that I've got. So just saying. Oh, Miles is stirring a little bit. I'm sure you can hear him. You can hear him a lot during the recording, which I kind of love. (laughs) It makes me feel so real. Um, So yeah, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say hi. I missed you so much. Yep, he's awake. Miles is awake. He wants to chew on the cord, but we're not going to. <laughs> um, and after this episode, we're going to get back to regularly scheduled content about attachment um, for all recovering insecure attachment types, dismissive avoidant, anxious preoccupied, fearful avoidant, whatever side of the spectrum you're on, even if you're secure. And you just want to have more conversations about secure relationships. We will be back next week with all of that. Um, And, but I really hope that you enjoy this episode. All right, let's get into it with my husband, Adrian Cardenas. I'm really excited today to welcome to the podcast, my husband, my sweet baby, my soul partner, my baby daddy. I feel like the list goes on. Oh, your new name is Papa. <laughs> mm, yep. mm. Um, but I'm really excited to have you on the show for the first time ever. Yay. Happy to be here. Finally. Thank you. We're going to talk today about our birth story. Yeah. Which M- is Miles' birth story. Miles' birth story, of course. Yes. It's funny. You told me that you kind of, you said something about like feeling like you were born on the day that he was born or reborn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So in a way, I do feel like it's like we were birthed. <laughs> we were birthed as parents that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a, a lot of changes for sure. It's been a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. For sure. So where should we start telling the birth story? I should say that Miles is here with us. I'm sure you can hear his breathing now. He's sitting in my lap. And we're going to see how it goes with... <laughs> 
being an attached parent, doing some attached parenting while also recording. So we're going to have to make some stops, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to, yeah, this is a new setup today. So we're just going to take it easy. We, we, it. we also have a new podcast editor. So everything's new about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where should we start with his birth? Yeah. Like, I guess uh, when you started filling the symptoms. Yeah, it was his due date, which I hope everyone listening knows is totally, completely made up. <laughs> um, it was October 8th. And at 3 a.m. on October 14th, I started feeling cramps. That's how I'm going to describe them. They were contractions. They were prodromal contractions. That's a mouthful. But at the time, I didn't know what that was, of course. So... I'm going to go graphic on this one, everyone. I just, just trigger warning. Birth includes like a lot of body parts and fluids, as we know now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to lay it out. I'm going to lay it all out on the table. I'm sure you are as well. We're not holding back. So trigger warning up front. There's going to be a lot of kind of bodily stuff involved in this story. But yeah, so at 3 a.m. I lost mucus plug, which is like, the kind of barrier in your uterus that is building while you're pregnant. And it's the first, it can be one of the first things that you lose when you are starting to go into labor. And how chill was I? Uh, yeah, not very chill. Not very chill? No. I mean, when, when, the, when, when that happened, I mean, you woke up, you woke me up and you were like, it's happening. Or it's happening. I literally was like, it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was like pretty chill. <laughs> and you were like, what do we do? And I was like, we go back to bed. I was chilling. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then I just had contractions all night long that were like five minutes apart and not very, not very strong. So I was like, I don't know what this is. Oh yeah. I think I Googled like early contractions, not strong five minutes apart or something. And, and prodromal contractions came up. So that just means fake labor. <laughs> Learned a new term. We did not hear about that in the birthing classes. No. No. It was fake labor. But <laughs> that can often be the precursor to real labor. And our friend Melissa had literally just paid us a visit the day before. Yeah. And that she is currently pregnant. And so, and she's had two children already. She's on her third. And she's done all of her births unmedicated. And she starts, she's like not doing them in the hospital anymore. She's having them at birthing centers. And it's just, oh my God, she's such a inspiration to me really for her birth stories but she came over and just like blessed me with a bunch of like mama wisdom and was like this is what it's gonna feel like this is how you push this is like all the things that you're gonna experience and also on my last birth i went into pre-labor like i was having these fake contractions and so because she had told me this story i was like oh my god this is exactly what this is so i didn't even text our doula which i feel like i should have yeah i don't think you did no i should have she literally told us to call her when anything was happening. And I just was like, I'm going to do that in the morning. I can't do that right now. So, like, you know, I can maybe sleep an hour or two. I'm not sure. But I was just like. Oh. They went back to it. We, yeah. You went back to sleep. And then the next morning, I was like having some contractions, but like maybe 15 minutes apart to 25 minutes apart. And I would time them. And there was like no pattern, no consistency. Some of them hurt, but like not too too badly some of them didn't hurt so it was just like it was like period pains like it wasn't Mm. anything that's what contractions start when they when they start that's what they feel like this is also very strange but i started reading about how women feel contractions 
<laughs> so it was like they can radiate from your spine all the way around to the front of your body. They can ra- radiate from the front of your body all the way back to your spine. And these particular contractions were like radiating from the bottom of my uterus to the top, which felt very strange. And so again, I was just like, these are fake. I don't know what's going on. More like just more data for me to be like, we're in fake labor. <laughs> so then when did it start getting more serious? I was like, this is, I'm going to ha- be in fake labor for days. I was like convinced it was going to be like a three day. Like we weren't going to be greeting our new baby for another three days. Yeah. I don't think I started the whole day. I mean, I started at night, probably around nine or 10. Yeah. I think you were like started to, I think, feeling very nauseous. And uh, just had like a bucket. Yeah. And that's when we actually called it all, I think. <laughs> yeah. I had my puke bucket with me. I put on my TENS unit, which is like this little electrical unit that like just you put on your muscles and it kind of distracts your body from the contractions. I was doing the Miles circuit. Little did we know we had a little baby boy named Miles in there. And these were like positions to help get the mm-hmm. baby into position so that uh, labor would continue. And it worked. And it worked. I remember being in the bed and it was like, these contractions are coming fast and they are coming hard and it was like it was painful Mm. that's when i was like this is this is real so you called the doula did you call the doula she called us this is where like i feel like my memory gets gets a little hazy and she was like okay we've been on the phone for 12 minutes and you've had four contractions already that are very intense yeah she she was counting them even without even (laughs) us telling her kind of thing I had completely given up on trying to. Oh, time. and I think by that she's her backup doula. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So around seven p.m., I think I had texted my doula and was like, "Hey, by the way, I just put on the tens unit. Like they're getting consistent and they're getting more painful." And she was like, "Okay, well, I have. I'm birthing. I'm having another birth right now." Mm-hmm. And that woman had whoever she is. She, which big crazy surprise at the end, but she was in fake labor as well. So she was like checking herself into the hospital to be induced, mm. which was my worst nightmare. And I did really wanted to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're on the phone with a backup doula. Yes. And uh, we just, she said, call the hospital right now. Yeah. Call the hospital. She, she counted the contractions and uh, then she was like, yeah, call the hospital. It's like she introduced to her, she, the new doula introduced herself. Um, she lived in Berkeley in our hospital, uh, was in, uh, Redwood city that is on the peninsula. So it's quite a drive from Berkeley. And, uh, she was like, yeah, get there, you know, start driving there, get ready. And, uh, and we did. No, but what did you do? I, <laughs> I had a coffee and I took a shower. <laughs> I, I, I knew that there was going to be a shower like, for me to use her. I thought Eddie wasn't, I didn't know how long it's going to be without taking a shower. And, and I was standing there like, I cannot believe that you're taking a shower right now. Because <laughs> in my mind, I had decided that I needed to be at the hospital right away after that phone call with the hospital. Because they were like, it sounds like you're in labor. Because I was like, I think I'm in fake labor. Should I come in? And they're like, it sounds like you're in real labor. You should definitely come in. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, started driving there and... uh <laughs> get ready and uh you can see you can tell what happened the drive was a little stressful (laughs) the driving 
on the drive is when the puke started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, Sarah had chose to uh, eat a tuna sandwich, tuna melt sandwich. <laughs> that they, they kind of, like, well, she was having these fake constructions. <laughs> so she ate half that sandwich and, and she puked it like on the way there in the hospital. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, and I was like about to like, you know, like swear, like trying to pull over. And she was like, do not stop. Just keep going. Like yelling, like it's like okay, so we're we're doing this. I just pull every single like window down, and I pull my head almost out for the whole drive. And uh, and we we got we got there safe. Yeah, we did, and very quickly too, which I really appreciate. I think I probably had like four or five contractions in my car. Wow, maybe more. I don't remember. Thank God, I don't remember. Yeah, when I ordered the tuna melt, you gave me a look that was like, "Are you sure that's what you want to order?" And I was like, "Yeah," thinking, "Oh, it'll be days until this baby comes out. We're good." And then, literally halfway through the sandwich, I was like, "I made a mistake." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, we'll never forget that sandwich. I'll probably never order that sandwich again, to be quite honest. I know it was a good sandwich, though. It was one to go out on. I don't know tuna and cheese. Oh my God. So we get to the hospital and we check in. We go immediately to the birthing room, which is separate from like your post delivery room. Mm-hmm. And they give me a exam and I'm already six centimeters dilated. So for anyone that is listening that is like not familiar with birthing at all, which I totally understand. And I am only this familiar with it because I've gone through it myself. <laughs> the typical size of delivery when your cervix is ready dilated enough to be have a baby is 10 centimeters so six centimeters is like way over halfway there most women probably come to the hospital when they're like one or two centimeters dilated so one of my birthing goals was to labor as long as possible at home and i would say we nailed that goal oh yeah for sure and then we started our contraction ritual yeah i really feel like that is the most connected to you i've ever been in my life yeah you made a playlist and didn't play, and, uh, and then you were listening to some meditation. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like an app with a meditation and music on it, and I was supposed to like hit the button whenever I had a contraction. Mm-hmm. And it was like a British accent yeah. lady. Oh yeah. So yeah. we were in the room. And I'm like, all of a sudden, this like British lady would be talking about like breathing through the contraction, and I was like, who the fuck is that lady? I don't know. <laughs> but I was not. I wasn't even thinking about playlists at that point. I was like, get this baby out of me. And so every contraction, I wanted to do unmedicated, which I don't know if I would do that again, but I did it. Honestly, my plan in the car was like, I'm going to get some of that. What was it? Fentanyl. I'm going to get some of that fentanyl upon arrival because mama is in pain. But then when they were like, you're already six centimeters, I was like, we're almost done. Mm-hmm. We checked in probably at like what? 11 p.m.? 11, yeah. Time like mid no sense to me that night. It was like, I couldn't time a contraction. I felt like I was legit in like a liminal space. Like it was like bizarro world. Seriously. Yeah. But I mean, you watched it. Yeah. (laughs) You saw me. (laughs) So then I just remember in the hospital to get through each contraction, I would grab your hand. We would look Mm -hmm. into each other's eyes and then we would hum or moan really Mm -hmm. as deep as we possibly could. Yes. In unison. And I, could not have done that without you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. That could help. Oh my God. I mean, you would leave and go get coffee several times. I remember you just, I remember at the time I was like, I totally understand he's taking care of himself and I'm so happy for him. 
and I needed him here with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the doula would step in and she'd try to like do what you were doing. And I was just like, this is not working. I don't know. <laughs> I really appreciate what you're doing, but this is not working. <laughs> so yeah. How would you say when it was like everything that we learned in the birthing class happened in each phase, just as they said it would. Yeah, for most part. When we were ready for transition, which transition is like the last one centimeter opening. Typically, pregnant women say, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And they literally said that. Yeah, I mean, the, the Dulai cheese kept putting like uh, hot packs hot packs in your in your back for the whole for hours and hours. Hours. And, I, and like, there was moments that I would see her like squatting for oh my 45 minutes in the same position and not even like flinching or just like, I mean, you could see that she was in pain and also and like just like being it was actually like wow she was yeah top notch she Mm -hmm. was amazing swooped in never met us before yeah i felt like i told her at the end because i was kind of loopy it was kind of fun at the end that i was like i felt like you were having a bridesmaid at my birth (laughs) and she kind of looked at me like what the fuck does that mean and i was like in my mind it makes sense okay (laughs) but it just felt like someone for me there for my emotional state my physical state Mm -hmm. For her pictures. For pictures. She's an amazing photographer. I will share a bunch of photos on Instagram this week. So check those out if you want to see the live birth. Miles is saying hi. He's saying hi. Hello. It felt like having a bridesmaid at a birth. I don't know how else to describe it. She was just on point. Knew what I needed, when I needed it. Sometimes before I knew that I needed it. At the end, she was spoon feeding me food because I had to take medicine with food. She was literally feeding me like peaches from a, a can. I was just like, who is this woman? I love you so much. She was just absolutely amazing. Like I said, it went like, I literally was like, I can't do this anymore. And they're like, get in the shower. I got in the shower and they were like, it's time for pushing. And then. Yeah, you were in the shower for a while. Yeah. How long were we in the shower for? An hour. An hour. And like every space that we were in, the doula would just like turn the lights off, which was so nice. Hello. And like, I don't know. I just remember everything being very dim and peaceful. Yeah. Except for me literally like shaking the walls with my moaning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you were doing it like, I mean, you were pretty much on your own the whole time. Like, uh, like the the midwife and the nurse would come and check you in, but like doing like such a good job that they were like, okay, you're doing good. And I think we didn't want them to check how that lady were you until, unless it was necessary. Yeah. So they were not really doing it. So. Which I appreciate because I hated getting on my back. It was like the most painful thing. Yeah. It was just like, okay, now we're going to try the like the shower. And then you were seeing to find like, a, like a, some comfort there for sure. Oh, yeah. Big time. You're back. They were like, okay, it's almost time for pushing. So we take a shower first. And I would like go into the shower and there's this chair that they want me to squat on or like straddle. And I was like, I'm afraid if I straddle this chair, the baby's going to pop out. And they're like, that's what we want. And I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, no, I said I was afraid to poop. That's what I was. I was like, I'm afraid to poop. And they're like, don't be afraid to poop. Yeah, Miles says, don't be afraid to poop. Just let it out. <laughs> Just let it out. <laughs> So then after the showers, when the pushing started, and that's when shit got real crazy, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, they were like, okay, the duel and the midwife, they're like, okay, now we want you to push. And I was like, okay. And I'm standing there after the shower and I'm wearing a hospital gown and nothing else. And I just remember feeling like, I kept saying, I feel so not naked, but uncomfortable. 
Undignified. Undignified. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because as soon as I got there, they're like, take your undies off. I just felt like moisture coming down my legs and I hated that. And I felt like I was just like moaning like an animal, which we are. (laughs) And it just felt like really, really raw and not necessarily how I would ever act with strangers that we were just meeting. So it really, it felt very undignified for sure. And then as soon as we start pushing, they were like, okay, so now, you know, you're not necessarily fully dilated. There's like this little thing that's caught on the lip of your cervix. But if you start pushing, I think that you can just bypass that and start pushing the baby out. And I was just kind of looking around being like, okay, cool. How do I push? What position should I get in? Like, what do I do? And they were like, just whatever feels natural. And I got on the table and I was squatting on the table backwards. I felt like I was backwards. I was like facing the top of the of the bed. Yeah, like in four points. What? Yeah. Like in yeah, where you're in four legs. Four, yeah. yeah. Like on my hands and knees. Yeah. And I started pushing and it was like the most guttural, loud sound I've ever made. I'm sure that I woke up everyone in that hospital. Like I'm dead sure. It was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> and I pushed Big for like 45 minutes or an hour. So I started pushing at four. And in my body, I knew that he was going to be born at five. I don't know why. But I was just like, this is a morning baby. I think I had been getting up at five to go pee every morning or something. Or I had been waking up at five for the past couple of weeks. Remember, I was like waking yeah, up at yeah, five and yeah. going to bed at seven. It was yeah, super sure. weird. So I was like, I bet this fucking baby is going to come at 5 a.m. Because he's got this like weird connection to 5 a.m. <laughs> So I think I pushed for an hour. I'm making these guttural sounds. I'm literally shaking the walls. The whole time I'm kind of thinking. And oh, remember, we didn't know the sex at this point. We had mm. no idea what we were we were having. And so that was kind of fun because it was like, what are you? What are you going to be? Not that gender matters, but like, you know, what are your parts going to be? <laughs> what are we working with here? And though I was shaking the walls with my moans, my grunts. I was facing backwards on the bed, squatting. And the whole time I just kept thinking, I'm doing this wrong. I was just like, I don't think I'm doing this right. This is the weirdest position I've ever been in. I've never seen anyone give birth like this in a hospital. But no one was telling me otherwise. <laughs> no, not the doula, not the midwife, not the nurse. Not me. Mm-mm, no one. I just kept going because there was that was the only way through. <laughs> and I was puking a lot. <laughs> sweater, though. Just water. water. At this point, it was coconut water. But the puking, I think, helped me push it through. I'm going to turn this down. We have our baby camera so we can see if Miles Gabriel is awake. So 45 minutes of pushing. I think the doula tells the nurse to go get the midwife. I feel like they all knew from my outward appearance exactly what was going on inside at all times. (laughs) (laughs) And so the doula gets the midwife. The midwife comes in and she tells me, wait. I think I was pushing a little bit while she was in there. I can't remember. She was like, if you reach down, I bet he's crowning and that's going to give you the motivation to push him out. And of course, she didn't use the word he because we did not know the gender of the baby at this point. Mm -hmm. But I reached down inside, felt ahead, and I swear to goddess. At this point, I didn't even like, I think because we didn't know the gender, I just kind of didn't really feel like this baby was real. Also, having been through the miscarriage, it was just like, you saw me at every point of the pregnancy. I was just like, is this real? Is this heartbeat still there? Every appointment. Oh, yeah. There was never an appointment where I was like, it's going exactly the way this should. Not that I was stressed. I don't think I was stressed about it. 
but it was just like anything could happen anything could change don't get too attached (laughs) (laughs) and like we don't know at this appointment if the you know if he's still gonna be alive or not we just have no idea so i'm open to all possibilities i guess is what it was and so at that point that i touched their head I think that was honestly the first time during the whole pregnancy I was like, this is a real human being and I'm about to give birth to it, which is insane. (laughs) Whole baby. A whole baby. So then I gave one more push and bam, he slid out on the table and that was not part of our birth plan. Our birth plan was that you were going to catch him. Yeah. But the way that I was sitting, there was no way for anyone else to catch him but me because he just splatted out on the table so fast. Not a table in the the bed. The bed. Yeah. The bed table. Frida wants to play now. I remember no one did anything. It was everyone was kind of so surprised. I felt like everyone was in shock. Everybody's just kinda like, <gasps> <laughs> like okay. <laughs> You're in the middle of like kinda like everybody's like trying to like <laughs> it's like, okay. Baby's here. And I immediately pulled the legs open and announced that I was a boy. Yeah. Came probably about time to do that. Pull out her phone and started recording. Yeah. And he was wailing so yeah, loud. Immediately. Immediately. Poor guy. He, oh, we see movement in the bed. Not sure what that's going to mean. <laughs> but yeah, he splatted out and I went to go grab him. And the doula unwrapped the cord around his neck, which was wild that he had the cord wrapped around his neck. Mm-hmm. He had a cord wrapped around his neck. And when I broke my water halfway through the pushing, they thought that there was like fluid in it. Um, and so they thought they like called in a pediatrician. There was poop in the fluid. There was poop in the fluid. Yeah. Thank you for mm-hmm. being succinct. Normal. And then. coming. No. Yes. But if there is poop in the fluid, it could be a sign of infection, mm-hmm. depending on how long the poop's been in there. And so they called a pediatrician to be part at the birth just in case there was like some infection going on, but like no infection and no issues with the cord wrapping, which was insane. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you were kind of preparing yourself also for like all of the different scenarios, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some, uh, watch a lot of videos and a bunch of definitely like real stories from people giving birth. I think that definitely kind of prepared me for sure. Yeah. Like the, any outcome could arise. Yeah, badass mother birther is one of them. Mm-hmm. I can't remember any of the other ones right now. I'll when, put them in the show notes. Yeah, in many like uh, YouTube, like oh uh, uh, yeah, videos. Yes, from our birthing class as well. Yeah, so he came out, and then immediately I rolled onto my back, which contraction stopped immediately, which was wild. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> all of a sudden, we had a baby boy named Miles, Miles Gabriel Cardenas Cohan. Wait, what? What's next for me? <laughs> Can you say it? <laughs> Miles Gabriel Cardinal's going. <laughs> Was that part fast enough? Yeah. And then parenting began. Well, you were still like, yeah, there's like, you, had, you know, they, they were still like sewing you up and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And then I had to like deliver the placenta. They said that like it was like a record breaker placenta. The placenta was huge. Mm-hmm. And then you and the middle had the same socks. Oh my God. I totally forgot that detail. When we walked into the the hospital, the midwife and I had matching socks. Mm-hmm. Kirkland Signature Merino Wool Socks. They're my favorite socks. I've used them for decades. They're amazing. I'm obsessed with them. And the fact that she and I were wearing the exact same pair, I was like, I am in the right place. Like, this is insane. <laughs> Which is not the only synchronicity of our birth. So 
it's euphoric in the room after the birth. Like everyone's just like sharing stories and everyone's so excited. And like, uh, she was left handed. She yeah, was left handed. There was yeah. another one, which is that our original doula gave birth to a baby also named Miles, Yes, which is crazy. I told her, I was like, that just makes me feel like everyone is in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So delivered the placenta. They sewed me up. I had a couple tears and then, and I was like shaking. Like yeah, that was cold. crazy. It was you, really cold. You got super, super cold and thoroughly like, <clears throat> shaking. I mean, you were still pretty like, you know, blooded up and stuff, but. I was pretty what? Blotted. Yeah. But then the doctor assured me that like all of that was normal, which was nice of her to say that. Mm-hmm. I remember at one point she was like, okay, I just have to, she was like wiping the inside to see if there was any more tears. And she's like, I just want to let you know, this is a really soft cloth that I'm using, but it's going to feel really scratchy inside of you. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, thank you for sharing that. Cause I would have said something <laughs> like, don't you have a softer cloth that you could be using? <laughs> So it was very thoughtful. I appreciated that. I loved our team. It was amazing. We like took pictures with them. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Okay. And then parenting started, Mm -hmm. which has just been the wildest ride. What were the three first three weeks? Like madness. Madness. Mm -hmm. I kept describing it to friends. Like it's like the best and worst of a festival. It's like euphoric and so exciting and thrilling. And so like amorous, like you're just like in love. And then you're sleep deprived, snappy, <laughs> tired. Did I say tired already? I said tired already because I just want to triple down on tired. And also like for me, you've seen this, but like when I don't know something, I feel like I have to know everything. Yeah. And so it can be really hard for me to like be part of the learning process. So it was a lot of not knowing how to do things like how to sanitize bottles and you were doing syringe feeding yeah i think like literally two nights later you yell at me about like knowing how to change a diaper or something yeah i was like you need to figure out how to change a diaper yeah (laughs) while we were in the hospital (laughs) i was like literally getting a lash of sleep and you were like how do i change this diaper and i was like i can't i just i I can't it was a lot Mm -hmm. it was a lot but I feel like for every down, there's an up. And for every up, there's a down. Yeah. That makes sense. What's been your favorite thing about parenting? To see Miles every day. I think my favorite part of parenting, and I've noticed there's different seasons for parenting. So I think some parents have summer babies and some parents have winter babies. And we had a winter baby or a fall winter baby who's born on October 13th. So anytime we're wearing a lot of clothes because it's cold and like we want to keep them warm. And we're trying, like always thinking like it's, does he need another layer? Does he need a jacket? Does he need socks? Does he need to take it off? But anytime he has like a little patch of skin that touches my skin, it's usually my chest. I'm like pointing at my chest right now. I feel like so in love. It's like a huge dopamine hit. It's crazy. He's like a little dopamine pill and I'm <laughs> I'm addicted. Like I'm so addicted. It's crazy. Yeah, he's cute. He's really cute. What's been the hardest thing about parenting? I guess working in parenting at the same time. Yeah, that was a big shift when we went from both being on maternity leave to just me being on maternity leave. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about for you? What about it is specifically hard? Time, energy. You're making it look easy. Mm-hmm. How about you? The hardest thing, I think at first it was sleep because, you know, I love my sleep. Mm-hmm. When we got married, <laughs> I'm going to cry. This is like one of my favorite things about you. But you at our wedding... You love my sleep. You respect my need to sleep. I have a high need to sleep. Hello, projector. Like, I need to do it. 
at our wedding, the day after our wedding, you made a sign for the door that said, bride is sleeping, do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And I think I woke up at 2 p.m. that day. <laughs> like, I really was sleep deprived and needed rest and like alone time and like time to be by myself. I know that's alone time. I said it twice. And I just woke up to that sign and it melted my heart. And I was just like, my husband knows exactly what mm-hmm. I need. And this is so amazing. So thinking about that in the first three weeks of pregnancy, I feel like that was rough. And then just having patience to breastfeed. Like I didn't really understand how much time he needed breastfeeding. Mm. He would nurse for an hour, sometimes an hour and a half on the boob. Yeah. And I didn't know. I was just like, okay, we're done. At like 30 minutes in and now we're done. It was like, I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> mm. Mm. Or like my nipples are really sore because they were really sore for the first couple of weeks. So yeah, patience, I think has been my other hard thing for real. And like, oh my God, I remember the first couple of weeks I would go, no, like the sixth week I went to Trader Joe's with mom, mm-hmm. my mom. And he started crying as soon as we left Trader Joe's because he was hungry. And I was like, it's a 10 minute drive. I'll just drive and then we'll feed him. But the whole drive home is just like him wailing. And I'm like, it's just like a really like intense cracked out drive. And I'm just like, this isn't comfortable. I should have just fed him at the store. But when I was a new mom, I didn't understand that like he needs to be fed right now. Like that's the priority instead of like, oh, we'll just do it when we get hot. You know, it was just like, I didn't get it, but I get it now. Yeah. There's some uh, immediacy. Immediacy. Yes. Yeah. Another Burning Man principle. So many parallels to Burning Man, I will say. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is an attachment podcast, so we can't not talk about attachment in this episode. So I'm curious. We have been trying to do attachment parenting, which I think is really easy <laughs> at its core. But the three kind of like main principles that I learned from this book called, I'm going to have to put it in the show notes, but it's about babies. So it's, and it's by Dr. Sears and it's like, it's a book all about the first two years of your baby's life and how to take care of your baby. And they're super pro attachment parenting. And they're also super pro co-sleeping with your baby, which I think is a super political conversation. I am not trying to weigh in on how anyone else should parent in this podcast. This is just what we've decided was for us. And I think always everyone needs to decide for themselves what works for them. But we decided to co-sleep right around the six week mark, eight week mark. That was a huge turnaround. I feel like that was when I started sleeping. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that was amazing. I really enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) And so what they, the three like kind of tenets of attachment parenting that they recommend is co-sleeping with your baby, making sure that all their needs are met during the daytime and nighttime all the time, basically, and wearing them as much as possible. Yeah. So I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on how that's been going so far. Well, he doesn't sleep on his own, taking naps. Yeah. He only sleeps with us, and I think we're doing a good job to getting him used to us. Yeah. He doesn't sleep on his own. He doesn't sleep on his own. So, so we're doing a good job yeah. wearing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I'm learning so much about what it real-life parenting is. I just told this lactation nurse or lactation consultant... Last week, I was like, you know what? What I'm doing right now is unlearning like so much of what I've learned from Hollywood about what parenting is. And like when I mean Hollywood, I also mean like social media because so many people like 
put together these like crazy nurseries for their babies and it's like all themed out mm-hmm. and like they've got the beautiful crib and like they usually have like a mobile over the crib and like just certain things I was just like this is what a baby's room should look like and this is what parenting should look like every time they go to sleep they're gonna go to sleep in their own bed mm-hmm. and it was just like that's just so not at all what it is contact napping is huge it's like a big deal like most kids can't sleep on their own until they're much older And some kids are like, they can do it at three months. Some kids can only do it at like one year. So it's like, we don't know what we've got. You don't know what you get until you have it. And, but I also didn't realize that that was a thing. So every time he would take a nap, I was like, now we're putting you down into the bassinet. And he would just wake up immediately. And I would get so frustrated. But it was just like, where did I get this concept that babies sleep on their own? You know, Hollywood, obviously. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of changes, you know, from being... 10 months inside. Yes. Warm and safe place to be very different. Yeah. Yes. Like environment. Yeah. Very different environment. Very different environment. I heard the same lactation consultant recommended or like has this phrase that she likes to say, which is the baby's going to be 10 months inside of you. And then they're going to be 10 months on you and then 10 months near you, which Mm. I think is so cute. (laughs) But, and also so true. Like I didn't realize this, 10 months on was going to be a whole thing. And so probably like what, two weeks ago, I started getting like really frustrated with his sleeping habits. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, he needs to be able to sleep on his own. Something's wrong with him. Like (laughs) we need to get to the bottom of this. And it's like, Oh no, actually he's doing exactly what he needs to do. And you parents need to accommodate what he needs. Not the other way around. Yeah. Things for like a lot of older parents. They used to think the opposite, say the opposite. Yeah. And like worry that you're spoiling your child, Mm -hmm. which all the attachment advice is like you are never spoiling your child until they get older, like past two years. Then you can start having that conversation. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But like right now, there's no way to overspoil them. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you hear from many parents that there's like from older parents' generations, they're like, yeah, you know, they would just let them cry until they would fall asleep by themselves. And that was pretty productive. Yeah. Some people say that's productive, but I I don't know much about it. I've heard that. And I've also just heard that that makes your child more anxious. Yeah, I can see that. And they like just kind of hold that anxiety in them. Mm -hmm. So sad. What's been your biggest like learning from parenting so far or from the birth or anything? Oh my God. Every time. Every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Value of time. Oh, I was watching the other two, the show on HBO that I'm watching right now, which is so good. (laughs) And there's a scene where one of the kids is like writing. He's like trying to be an actor. And the his agent was like, you need to write a script. So he's like, okay, I'll just write a script in a week. And he's just like making all these plans and sitting down to write a script. And I was just like, oh, my God. I can't do that anymore. Like, I was just watching him walk around the city of New York and being like, I can't do that anymore. Not that we live in New York, but like there's such a different expectation around our days now. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like, oh, I'm going to sleep in our, you know, like. No. Disappear for a few hours and, you know, go run or go for a bike ride. Yeah. Or close the door and get some alone time. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. For now, that's gone. I know it'll come back for sure, but Mm -hmm. not right now. That's not this phase of parenting. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway, my biggest learning, which I've shared with you, is that on that hospital bed, when I was doing contractions and I thought that I was doing them wrong, and then I was pushing and I thought I was pushing wrong, 
to find out that not only I was pushing right and I was pushing in the right way for me. (laughs) Holy shit. That was like the biggest lesson that I could ever learn. And while we were in the hospital room, I almost said hotel room. It is not a hotel room. (laughs) Afterwards, we had to stay at the hospital for like a day and a half. And I was just in that hospital bed being like, if that's true about birth, like what other moments in my life is that also true about? Mm. And I was like time traveling to these like very specific memories where I was like, oh, memories where I'm like, I was embarrassed about this or like, I think I might have done this wrong. I should have known better. But, you know, those stories that I tell myself, all of a sudden I was like going to those memories. One of them was like my career. I used to be on this like very straightforward path for my career. And I feel like ever since I met you, (laughs) it's gone sideways. And like, I have been a little embarrassed about that, I think, in the past. And all of a sudden, I was on the hospital bed being like, fuck no, I'm doing, I did the exact right thing that I needed to do in that moment for me. And that's the only thing that matters, which is so powerful. Thanks. I continue to like reprogramming this lesson. I will say in like current times. And then also like, I'll think of another memory from the past and I'll be like, Oh, I was doing the exact right thing that I need to do for me in that moment. It reminds me of that quote that I heard so many times. It's like, I did the best at the time. I did the best that I could at the time with the tools that I had. Mm-hmm. And I fully integrating that quote now, which is really, really cool. Yeah. And you definitely changed a lot of your career trajectory for sure. And even field. Yeah. yeah. It's cool to see. You're trying new things. Trying a lot of new things, which is exciting. Or do you mean my coaching? Is that what you're talking about? Coaching, LB Capes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Burning Man. Yes. Startup. Startup life. All of those things. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there were very specific reasons I chose to do each one of those. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Sorry, I had to look at the camera to see if our baby was awake. <laughs> I heard ghosts crying in my ears, which is crazy (laughs) and real. So real. Anything else that you want to share? I feel like there was something else I wanted us to talk about, but I can't remember what it was. I think you had a really good birth. Really, I don't think it goes always that way that births go like the way they are planned. I don't like. I think it's pretty, pretty rare actually. And I think that the way that you took care of yourself all during pregnancy for sure that helped to to make that happen. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I put a lot of effort into the pregnancy. Not too much, but you know, I was doing all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And then your mom, your sister came in and pretty much took care of her. Oh my God. Chores and like preparing foods for you to recover. Stews and soups and like hearty meals. That was amazing. We had a dream team. That was like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, I don't even, yeah. I just hope that I can, not that I owe them anything. I'm not trying to, I feel like everything I'm saying is going to sound like that, but like, I hope that they feel that supported when they're going through their next thing, because that was really fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, sounds like when they were going to take care of her parents like that. Yes. Or Ellen, uh, whenever she, you know, if she, if, or your sister, if she ever, you know, end up like having the kids, I think we definitely will be there for her, supporting her like that. Yeah. And it's cool. Cause like now I know the things that like made the difference. Like she made these delicious lactation cookies that were incredible. <laughs> I was like eating, just popping in my mouth, like all day long. It was so good. Mm-hmm. 
and doing laundry was like, I feel like a queen right now. It was amazing. Yeah. I feel like I've heard people say sleep when the baby sleeps. And like, I could do that sometimes, but not really. Because as soon as they go to sleep, you're like, reset, like clean the bottles, clean the pump parts. Like there's so many things that you got to do. But also it's true. Like if you can't sleep, sleep. But another thing that people say is like, get used to not having the house being like super clean. And that I think has been a huge thing for me to consist. I still have to be like, okay, the house isn't the way that I would like it. And that's okay. I'm just gonna have to be okay with that. Yeah. So uh, a lot of moving parts right now, for sure. For this baby all day, every day, all day, nonstop. Yeah. I mean, we are sleeping though. I want everyone to know he's three months old now. We are sleeping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It can happen. (laughs) It will happen. It's inevitable. (laughs) Yeah. Not that bad. Yeah. 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 I think I want to like double down on what you just said or double click on what you just said, which is sometimes you do get the birth that you really wanted. And that happened for us in a hospital, which I think is so incredibly rare. And I think not only the preparation that I did helped with that, but also doing the research Mm -hmm. and finding the hospital that really matched with my birth interests. So finding a hospital that had midwives for the team and also asking my doula what she recommended. I was blessed mid-year with like the ability to change insurance plans, which is like most people have to do at the end of the year. So like Mm -hmm. the fact that all of that went down and I was able to do that and switch insurance and was able to give birth at Kaiser Redwood City was like, amazing yeah they were they were great for sure they were amazing they were absolutely amazing and like i contacted them afterwards to say thank you again because i was just like blown away with juliet and like how awesome our matching socks (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also just how amazing the team is it was really cool yeah i agree anything else you want to share that you want the world to hear about miles's birth story yeah i mean i'm sure they will see the they will hear it if you share the videos Oh, yeah. I'll share the videos. And maybe what I'll do actually is we'll send the audio clips and we can put them into the the (laughs) story so that people can hear just how undignified I really was. (laughs) Yeah, we got some good ones there for sure. Yeah. Oh, I think something that's really changed. This is coming up for me is like all of a sudden my boobs are not this like sexy thing anymore. Not that they're not sexy, but like, thank you. But they're like functional. (laughs) <laughs> they're tools they're tools they're tools <clears throat> to keep another human alive mm-hmm. and that's why we like them so much that's why we like everyone likes them i think everyone likes boobs mm-hmm. really truly and i am like honestly i feel such a way and i've seen other like i've seen the transition of women go from not being moms to being moms and then all of a sudden being like i cannot believe that it's illegal to show my boobs in public I can't believe that I'm not allowed to show my boobs on Instagram. Like the censorship around boobs is insane. And I find myself a little bit frustrated that I can't just go on YouTube and find specific breastfeeding videos Mm. of boobs, specific boobs for specific things that I need. Like everything I do, I usually just go to a YouTube video to find out how to do it. But with breastfeeding, I'm going to find a YouTube video where they use a pillow in the shape of a boob to show me what I need to do to unclog my ducts or help with the latch for the baby and it makes me so angry like it is such bullshit yeah it is such bullshit and like it's insane to me that like (laughs) there is this much censorship around them given Mm. the fact that we've all sucked on them we've all at one point you probably nibbled on one for a little bit because your mom 
definitely probably tried to breastfeed you for at least a week. Yeah. Just saying. Sounds like missed opportunities for adult sites to have like a education. Yes. Sites under. Yes. And the fact that like badass mother birther is always like blurred out and they're like, this is, I can't remember how they describe it, but like. Yeah, I don't think it's they want to. No, but the fact that they're like being censored like that, which is like, it's a half censor, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can still click on it and see the video, but they'll do things that for like babies, they're like doing that for cesarean births Mm. and they're showing baby in the water. And I'm like, this is not pornographic. This isn't showing any body parts. Mm -mm. How is this censored? Like it does not make any logical sense to me. And it actually like makes me really angry. Mm. Well, sounds like maybe like uh, spaces like this, you know, would change the art engine or hopefully change, you know, like the I hope whole so. concept about it. Free the nipple. People like you. Free the sure. nipple. Free mm-hmm. the nip. She's already freed at Burning Man. We just got to bring it to the default world. Yeah. Because she's not a big deal. I no. feel like there's a lot more nip coming to my social media channel. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> I just like don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's wild. All like now, all of my friends, all of our friends have seen my boobs now. Yeah, I've seen like for sure. Oh my god, that was such a huge thing to get used to, like having my tits out all the time. (laughs) Okay, so one of the resources Adrian was really good. Sorry, that was really weird to call you Adrian (laughs) Amor. Is really good at watching videos to prepare us to do things. So remember when we went to Burning Man? You were like, let's watch all these videos about like preparing to go to Burning Man and being at Burning Man, which is so great because like all of a sudden I'm visually prepared to go. And so you got us connected to a couple of YouTube channels that were really amazing to prepare for the birth. One of them was Dr. Bjorkman. The, the doctors. Bjorkman, the Bjorkman doctor. Dr. Doctors Bjorkman. It's a couple that has a YouTube channel. They have one kid and a kiddo on the way right now. And they're both doctors. Yes. And yes. I can't remember when I brought this up. Free the, we were just talking about Free the Nipple. Yeah, was, Nips out. I'll make you watch videos too you were making prepare. me watch videos this is huge mom brain happening right now when it used to be pregnancy brain now we've got mom brain happening <laughs> it'll come to me but they were really great and then you also introduced us to weekly videos that we watch every single week to see how the baby was like developing which mm-hmm. were really really fun yeah with mama natural and what's the other one diana in the pink diana in the pink mama natural was super great she's super like woo she's got Mama tarot cards that you can like buy the deck and pull. Affirmation cards. Affirmation cards. That's Mm -hmm. right. She was great. Diana the Pink was a little more science-based, which I loved. So she was like, she's also a doctor Mm -hmm. and obstetrician, I'm sure. She's a nurse practitioner. Oh, she's an NP. And so she would every single week talk about like how the baby was progressing and like normal things to talk about with your doctor and like abnormal things that you should talk to your doctor about if they were happening. She was great. She was so funny and cute. I loved her. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, I'll link all of that below. But Doctors Bjorken, fuck, what was I going to talk about with them? Breastfeeding. I feel like I was talking about breastfeeding. Free the nipple. And watch videos to prepare. You started like that. I'm really good at making you watch videos before starting new things. Yeah. Anyway, we watched a lot of their videos, which were super, super helpful. I felt like we were, we knew what we were getting into, which was good. But you can't know everything. It's impossible. Yeah. And at a certain point, I feel like my brain was like, I cannot take any more information in. Like I kind of shut down, not shut down, but like, I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. For how long? Until I would say. How long did that last? From like, I would say eight and a half months. As soon as we got back from Burning mm-hmm. Man, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like spaced out. I feel like I was just a space cadet. 
And then I feel like I got out of it probably the second week of birth. I think that's when I started reading books and reading like the Dr. Sears baby book. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. But anything before that, I like couldn't take any more information in. Hmm. I was full up, literally full up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so sad that you threw away the puke pot at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it's so funny because we're both Virgos, but I feel like your Virgo manifests in like germophobia and my Virgoness manifests in like intense organization. See that? AKA controlling, but like, you know, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been really fun to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really cool. Yeah. Go and talk about Miles. Oh my God. I mean, he's literally the cutest. Yeah. He is the cutest. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. That's what people say. People do say that. He came out with a lot of hair. So I feel like that's his secret sauce to being cute. One of the many things. Mm-hmm. In the cheeks, in the oh cute eyes. God. Cute mouth. A lot of things. Oh my God. He's so adorable. <laughs> oh, we're gushing about our own baby. <laughs> Oh, would you do it again? Doesn't mean you have to. Probably not. <laughs> Why? Uh, one is okay. Yeah. But would you? Like, if you down the line were like, okay, maybe we're, I want to have two, would you do it again? Mm, probably not. Tell me more. I don't know. I think I really want to give all my resources and love and time that I have for miles. I really complain about time right now with having one kid. Yeah. I don't think I can. Yeah. If I want to be sane. Be sane. Sanity is. I think it works for a lot of people having multiple kids. I think, yeah. Yeah. Like to have one. I love that. Yeah. And if that changes in the future, yeah. There's another method. Yeah. There's other methods. I don't know if I would do it again. Obviously, we know how to do it now. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> we know how it all goes down. We know how he plops out on the table or they plop out on the table. Yeah. I didn't realize, like, I think I was pretty chill about it for most of the pregnancy. But then when he came out, I was like, oh, wow, I feel my like now I have my body back. Like, I forgot mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. how good this is. Like, I remember the first time I was dancing after he was born and I was just like, oh, my God, it's just me and my own body weight. Like, I don't have this like thing in my belly. Yeah. Wait till you ride a bike. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot wait to get back on the bike. It's just I did not realize how much it was affecting me until it was gone, obviously. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I probably would do it again if I felt the need to do it and obviously feel way more empowered. But I do feel like the saying, the big lesson from all of this is that I did what I could at the time with the tools that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. <sighs> Thank you so much for being on the show with me. This is magical and I'm excited for our audience to finally meet you. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed hearing the, um, whoops, whoops. I just hit my microphone. Let me start that over. That's it for today's show. I really hope that you enjoyed. It was such a pleasure to sit down with my husband and have him on the show. Um, what a rare, what a rare treat. (laughs) Um, and I hope you enjoyed all our hilarious stories about parenthood. What a journey. And it's only getting started. We're officially parent. We've, we're four month old parents. I like to say that Miles is four months old and I'm a four month old parent. So 
Um, I'll keep you updated as we move along, especially with attachment parenting. That's like a whole new world of attachment that I have unlocked um, and I'm learning about. And it is fascinating and perfectionism is getting in the way, obviously, because that's part of my 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 um, journey. So uh, you better believe we'll be sharing it with all of you. And I'm excited for next week. I'm going to just do an intro to the attachment styles next week. Um, I kind of looked back and realized I hadn't done one yet. So um, stay tuned. And as always, if you liked this episode, please rate, review the show if you haven't already. Share this episode with a friend, especially if they are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant or, you know, all of the things. Um, I hope that this can help them on their journey and or at least like commiserate with them on their journey. (laughs) Um, And if you're interested in learning more about your attachment style, come visit my website, sarahcohan.com. And you can book a session with me to learn about your attachment style. Um, and I'll help you with a free tool to start healing your relationships today so that you can have successful, loving, authentic, beautiful relationships. The relationships that you truly actually want to have once you've started to actually do the work and heal your attachment style, all that good stuff. Um, I hope to see you. I hope to hear from you. Um, I love you and I will be back here with you next week. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.